I'm just gonna keep saying hi really loudly till everyone sits down. Can you hear me? No? Yes? Aha, Joe. I can tell by Joe's reaction that y'all can hear me now. All right. Well, hello everyone, happy Wednesday. If you guys will start making your way to your seats. That'd be great. All right, so I have a few announcements. Are y'all ready for announcements? Because they're the most fun thing to do. You ready? Actually, there's a lot. So we're gonna start with a fun one. Next Wednesday after church, we're gonna do a hot dog and s'mores night out here. That's a fun one. You wanna do that? Yeah, all the kids are like, yes. So, yes, hot dog and s'mores night. Um, oh, I didn't know about this one. There's a bowling night on the 15th. That's fun. We, like we did last year? Great. So in the same place? I don't remember the name. Southwest Bowl. What's it called? Southwest Bowl. Southwest. That's where we're doing it. There, I'm assuming there will be more information to come on that. I have that, but I don't have a time. Okay, um, we are also going to have, I did, I said September 15th, yes I did. Anyway, September 17th, now I know we have a few babies in here, so we are having a baby dedication on the 17th of September, all right? Um, school supplies, I think Sunday is the absolute last day. We actually have quite a bit over there, but don't forget we've got school supplies for um, for our church family kids, right? So that's what we're doing there. And then the last one is that tonight is a youth hangout night, right? And that will be Chamberlain. When this when worship is over, y'all can follow Chamberlain. I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, everybody go ahead and stand up on your feet. We're going to do some worship. Shame no longer has a place to 
God. And I'm just thinking of instances in the Word where He was with them in the fire. He was with them when the wind was blowing on a boat, and He was with them when it rained. And that's how we can ask for more, because we know He is with us. And God, I just pray for more, Lord, that you would rain down on us tonight, God. That your wind would blow like a rushing wind. That your all-consuming fire, your refining fire, would just come and touch us even now. The Word says that He inhabits our praise. So we know He is present because we are worshiping Him. We praise you, Lord, because you alone are worthy to be to look like what you want it to look like. We're just going to sing this a couple more times and I just, I encourage you to invite him into your life in a new way. In a way where you're willing to let him come like a rushing wind and blow off anything that needs taken from you. That you're willing for him to come like a refining fire and burn off anything that needs burned off. That you're willing to let the water come and take away anything that you've been holding on to too tight.
thank you, Father, for who you are and what you've done for us, what you have saved us from, and what you are yet to do, Lord. We thank you that even now, you're preparing a place for us. We love you, Lord. You deserve all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. In Jesus' name. Glad to have you here with us. He is so good, amen. Uh, if you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith, and kids, you are dismissed. tonight, wherever you're watching from on live stream, Facebook, YouTube, it's good to have you, given all the parents' chance to get their kids checked in the kids' church, youth out to youth hangout, so we'll give everybody a minute tonight. to be with us, that God responds, does he not? And we, we, we believe that song talking about let it rain. What, what in the world is that about? That, that is a way of asking for the presence of God to overwhelm us. You ever been caught in a rainstorm? It, it just kind of drenches you down to the core of, of, of your being almost. Even though it doesn't feel like it gets inside of you, it feels that way, you know what I mean? And you're just wet, and you just can't just, just shake it off and, and move on. I mean, it, it, it gets you. That's what the song is like, that we believe that the presence of God can be so strong that it envelops us and grabs hold of us, and we begin to live in it, and it touches us, and it changes us. Amen? Do you believe that? Yeah, we, we ask for that in this church. All right, tithe and offering. If you have something tonight, you can prepare that. Offering on those and chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around, and Mr. Mike, the usher, will help you out. Um, I'll just pray over it. If you have something, you can bring it. Lord, we thank you uh, to be in your house tonight on a Wednesday night, Lord. And, and uh, the, the extra time of the week, the midweek, Lord, it's, the, it's like the extra step of just, just being with you to, to worship together, to fellowship together, to, to learn together, Lord. And we and as we give tonight, Lord, it's just another opportunity for us to grow in you and to learn you, to experience you, to um, continue to, to live by faith, Lord, as you are calling us forward in life. And we thank you for the provision of, of, of each one of us. We thank you for the provision of the house, Lord, and what you can do with that provision, Lord, is, is, is so amazing. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have something, you can bring it down. Uh, to those buckets, and we're going to jump into the Word tonight. So if you have a Bible, Acts chapter number 9, 
and, and verse 1 is where we're going to go in just a minute. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. Um, so what I'm going to do is uh, Sundays and Wednesdays this month go hand in hand. So it's like you get the message on Sunday, then Wednesday is going to be the, the 1A to the 1 on Sunday. You know what I mean? So tonight's 1A of, of Sunday's message. Um, and we started a series on Sunday entitled, I'm not good enough, kind of dot, 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 because we know that God wants to deal with that mentality. Now, again, just, just to recap, I am not good enough to earn my own salvation. We know that. And I am lost and I need saved. So I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Yes, we need the Savior. But when it comes to living the Christian life and the things God calls us to, we often devalue ourselves instead of seeing us as God sees us. And we talked this past Sunday about learning how to leave our past in the past. That we are, we're not trapped in our present and our future by our past failures or past mistakes and, and those kind of different things. So I ended the message Sunday, and sort of the last point I made, and we didn't talk about this much, but I want to talk about it in a certain way tonight. I said, today standing here, regardless of your past, because of what God has done for you, because of the work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, it is okay today to dream about your future. It is okay to plan your future. It's okay to be present in the present, if you know what I mean by that. And some of you, your experience in life, you understand what I mean by that. And with the help of God, God is always putting life in front of us. In other words, like I said Sunday at the very end, it's like your, your life is a big whiteboard. The work of God and the forgiveness of God, the power of God, wipes clean all the mess of your past and gives you a brand new whiteboard as long as you don't keep writing new stuff on there that he took off. You know what I'm saying? So in other words, the, the whiteboard in front of you is open to the life of God and where he leads you if you allow him to. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that tonight in a certain way. But I believe, and, and take us a step further, that one directive from God can change your life if you learn how to obey. One directive, one instance of him saying, let's do this, or let's stop that, or let's change this, or let's give this. Or, one directive from God if you respond to it, can change everything about your life. So Acts chapter 9, let's just read about Saul here. And this is one, this, there's so, so, so many different examples we could have went to in the Bible for this, but let's just read one. Acts chapter 9, verse 1, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogue of Damascus, so if you found any belonging to the way, and, and the way was what they called the early Christians, the way, okay? If they found any belonging to the way or the way belonging to Jesus, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, he, and, and Saul replied, who are you, Lord? He understood this, this was something amazing happening. And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now, notice that, that Jesus breaks into Saul's life in a miraculous way right here. Now, now some of you, however you came to Jesus, Jesus had been chasing you, Right? But however it happened, he either broke into your life in some manner or you were sort of in this long courtship with him and then finally you decided to give your life to him. We've all experienced in a way what Saul is experiencing here. He is coming to know Jesus. And whether or not you felt it in the moment, you probably didn't have a, a big shining light and knocked off a donkey or a horse or camel or whatever you were riding and, and you didn't have this uh, audible voice speaking to you from, from the air. And it probably didn't happen to you, maybe, I don't know. But however it happened, whether or not you felt something, it was a very powerful experience. Because the moment you meet Jesus, it changes everything. Amen. But notice immediately what happens. 
But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. Now notice, Saul meets Jesus, and one of the very first things that happens is Jesus gives him a directive that if he obeyed it, and he does, it absolutely changed the future of his life. See that. I believe that one directive from God, if received and then obeyed in action, can change your future. Now, verse 7. And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. That would, that would kind of freak you out, yeah. So Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So he's blinded by this experience. And there was a reason for that. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come, and lay, uh, come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Now, Ananias is already a man of the Lord, right? Ananias already knows Jesus. What is Ananias getting right here? He's getting a directive from God. Go and do this, Right? Now, just like Saul, Ananias, in this moment, has a choice. He could say, nope, I ain't doing that. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. I've got appointments to make. I've got money to make. I don't feel like it. I'm tired today. You already know I got a sore throat. Why would I do that? You know, whatever excuse he could give, right? But notice he actually kind of throws something out here. But, and here's the but, Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man and how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. There's an excuse. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I'll show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Now watch this. In spite of Ananias' fear based on what he knows of Saul, the reputation of Saul, Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying hands on him, and notice right away he calls him Brother Saul. Now that's a whole other message right there, but see immediately, no questions asked. He got directed from God and he invites him to the family of faith on sight. My goodness, if we could only have that kind of faith. Amen. Okay, that's a whole other message. Sometime we'll talk about that. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me to you that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from the eyes of Paul, who saw who become Paul, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taken food. He was strengthened. Okay, so a story of Saul being called, given directive. Now, a little side note here, and this is something we're going to talk about in a couple weeks on Sunday. Uh, the Bible said God is always working for your good. You believe that? It says God is working for the good of those who love him. Do you realize that a part of God working for your good, this, this little teaser of a couple Sundays from now, you don't know it, but God's also working the other side. When God is calling you, he's also dealing with Ananias concerning you, but you don't know about Ananias and what God's saying to him. God is always working for your good well beyond your understanding and your imagination. If you will listen to him, he's got some things set up. Amen? So, directives given, responses given, action taken. See, in this... This is why sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and obedience are so important to the ongoing growth and the steps of life in God. So in other words, part of God having a future in front of you isn't just you working out your salvation. That's the biggest thing. But he also has new life for you. 
if you remember, and I hope you do, you probably don't. Don't, don't reply if you don't, because you'll hurt my feelings. But I preached a message a couple months ago. <laughs> That's why I know I'm not going to ask you if you remember. Um, we talked about the whole big picture, and we used the Exodus story. We're talking about communion that Sunday, the purpose of communion. And we were talking about the whole big picture of the Bible is you come out of something and into something. How many remember that? Don't reply. This is what God is doing. He's always bringing you out of something and then bringing you into something. Out of your former life into the newness of life. Out of slavery in sin into freedom from sin. Out of and into. But here's the thing. That is happening in here. And that, that's the work of salvation. But I believe as evidence in the scripture, we see it so much, there's going to be actually actions and a way of living that also are out of and into that's part of this new future that he's taking you into as you're leaving your past behind. The key to it is sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, hearing him, and then the fact of obedience that you willingly respond. The directives here, just this, this, this little story read by, uh, received by both Saul and Ananias, not only were received and they understood it was from the Lord, but they immediately obeyed the word they received. That's key. So we have to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and as, as I've heard it said, Part of living the Christian life is learning how to catch your cues. Now, by the way, how do we learn the voice of the Holy Spirit? Be a person of the Word. Because the Holy Spirit will never lead you into anything that's contrary to what this is. Okay, that's step one. Step two is learning the voice of the Holy Spirit is being a person of prayer, because then you learn Him in relationship. And you're able to distinguish him from all the other voices in the world, including the stuff that rambles around in your own mind. Right? So we have to learn first is we never run ahead of him. We always stay at what we're doing until he speaks, right? We also have to learn, I think we get anxious and antsy about life sometimes, we also have to learn now how not to make stuff up and conjure stuff up and create things because we think something should happen, but God's not speaking to us. See what I'm saying? And, and you learn that in a way that the voice of the Holy Spirit is clear enough to you that when he says you know it's him and when he's not speaking, you know he's not speaking. See what I'm getting at? That's a life that you live learn to live with him in relationship so it's an everyday ongoing life so we're not making things up but yet when he does speak we don't make it too hard we know his voice and then our response is a response of obedience so when we catch our cues when he speaks to us it could simply be a next step in a series of steps to get you somewhere or immediately could be a big shift. It could simply be a response to conviction in your life. But it takes obedience, and that means action. I mean, I mean, he could, he could simply drop something in, think about this, or, or, or read this, or talk to this person, or, or check this thing out, or research this, or, or give this. It, it could simply be little things like that, but these are directives that are steps into a future of something he's leading you in. That's new life. I think sometimes we want the big shift. Most often, it's the next step. That makes sense. Because the next step always leads to what? Then the next step. And the next step always leads to what? The next step. We want the big shift, but a lot of times, it's steps that God is leading you in. But response to directive obedience is so important. So, again, we have to know that it is from God. And by the way, one way that, that uh, you can help discern his voice is by wise counsel in your life. If, if you have a person or a couple people in your life that you consider wise, 
in the things of God, it's okay to bounce stuff off people and see what they have to say. That's okay. Doesn't mean you have to go by what they say, but it's good to receive feedback from wisdom. Let me tell you what's not wisdom, Facebook. Let me tell you what's not wisdom, telling everybody about it. Social media, everybody you know, that's not wisdom. But if you have some people you consider wise, yes, that can be a sounding board for directive in your life. So God's wisdom, that there's something new you're being directed to, or maybe it's something you already knew and God's really just pushing the envelope because you've just been lazy about it, haven't been into it. But see, out of something into something takes obedience. Because there are things in life that need to change. And these things are part of the bigger picture of the work of God in your life. Again, not that we ever earn anything from him, but it is a life that he's leading you in because of the purpose, design, and plan that he has for you. Now, sometimes, by the way, these steps of, of moving and, and using the terminology of out of and into, you may not exactly know what you're moving into, but moving out of something is important so you can get to that place. So uh, may, maybe some different ways to think, out, think about this. Let it rain. Amen. There it is. Maybe a directive of your life, God is calling you out of that relationship into Maybe in your life, God has given you a directive to move out of that thought process into something new. Maybe God has given you a directive to get out of that financial cycle and into. Maybe the directive is move out of that unforgiveness and into. Maybe he's calling you a directive to move out of that offense and into to move out of that struggle and into, out of that depression and into, out of that habit and into, out of that circumstance and into, out of that inactivity and into, out of that perspective and into. In other words, it could be start this, it could be end that, it could be change this, it could be do that, but a directive is always taking you to the steps of new life. And if you don't obey what he's saying, you'll stay stuck in the situation he's trying to bring you out of. I showed a video, and this has been all over the internet. You probably saw it if you're on the internet at all. We showed this a long time ago. Remember, remember the video, there's a ditch, and there was a sheep in the ditch? And I'm assuming the guy who owned the sheep came and got the sheep out of the ditch, and the sheep jumped, jumped, and jumped right back in the ditch. How many ever seen that? And I'm sure the guy's just like, really? Really? Here's the thing. As I said when I showed the video, a lot of times we're like that sheep. We're in the ditch, and we're whining, moaning, groaning, complaining, you know, batting up a storm, that we're stuck in a ditch, and here comes God to help us. And he pulls us out of the ditch, and, and unlike the shepherd to that sheep, he's going to say, hey, do this so you don't end up back in the ditch. He's going to give you a directive, but we don't obey, and boom, 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 right back in the ditch. If we would have just listened, caught the directive, and actually obeyed, we wouldn't have been back in the ditch. But then we're back in the ditch. You know what we're doing? When we're back in the ditch, second time, God, come save me. And he's going, I just did. The exact same situation. But here you are again because you refused to change. I'm going to give you an example. Everybody better listen to me. I often wonder... I often wonder, when we end up in situations of our life that are a result of our decision-making, 
okay? You know what I'm talking about. I understand things happen in your life that you have no control over, but sometimes we end up in a bad spot because of our decision-making. How many know what I'm talking about? Here's an example. Okay, let's say for two or three or four years, I made some really bad decisions in how I spent my money. And I end up with $20,000 of credit card debt. You know, that's the average Americans in $20,000 or more credit card debt right now. You know that? Not good. And I didn't get there because of a series of emergencies that, that I just had to take care of, and it was the only way. I, I got there because I didn't control my spending. Right? You're in that situation because of a lack of self-control, lack of wisdom. I'm being honest, right? And you find yourself in that spot, and you pray, God, help me. I'm in the ditch. Now, I think sometimes God leads us in the ditch so we learn some wisdom. But let's say he comes, and through some miracle, he helps you, either in consistency or a breakthrough, he helps you out of the ditch financially. But then you change nothing. And you go right back in the ditch. And when you stay in the ditch for a while, you're asking God to help you, and he doesn't come help you. Then what do you do? Then you're mad at him for not doing what the Bible says and helping me and delivering me. And he says, look, if you would just learn how to live in some wisdom, I wouldn't have to help you right now. You see what I'm getting at? See, the directives of God will help you stay in wisdom of your life to stay out of the ditch so you're not in there and then get mad at him why he's not delivering you when you put yourself there. How many times does God have to get you out of the ditch when you keep putting yourself there? I don't know. It's a question I'd like to ask him. And eventually you just get mad at him about it. It's not his fault. there's some applied wisdom of life that we have to start to walk in. So if, if I was a person that struggled financially to the point I was in a ditch and I got out of it and God helped me, you know the first thing I would do if I couldn't figure it out myself, I'd go get wisdom of how to stay out of the ditch financially. And I would change my life. You see, I'm getting at. See, the directives of God, in that sense, bring us into new life. So the things that he wipes off our board stay off. But sometimes it takes obedience. Sometimes it's going to take then change. Sometimes you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Sometimes you're going to have to stop throwing a pity party for yourself. Sometimes you're going to have to tell offense, you know what, I feel offended, but that's not Christian. I'm going to get over it and do the hard work of forgiveness. See, I'm getting at Or else we constantly are in a place in life where this new life that's in front of us, we're never walking into it. Though Jesus has set us free and willing to help us, we just camp out and stay there for a lack of obedience to directive. That, that is a sign of maturity. I'm going to say that, a sign of maturity. When you are willing then to move into the life that Jesus offers, understanding that you now have a part in working this out. He did the work. He died on the cross for your sins. Free gift to salvation. You can't earn it. You're not going to earn it. But the Christian life takes your involvement. And it takes you hearing directive and obeying. So, so he could give you some directive about some things relationally in your life. He could give you directive about things financially in your life. He could give you directive about things in your life that deal with your emotional makeup. He could deal with things in your life that have to do with your physical being. He, he could literally give you a directive in life about literally moving and doing something. So, so I'll give you some examples. So in my life, I just speak my life because I know me best. I was sitting in church one Sunday as a 17-year-old kid that just got saved two weeks before, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go into ministry and be a pastor. 
that was a directive. That I understood it was him, and in the little steps of life that I took, I obeyed, and it changed the course of my life. Right? That's directive. There was a, there was a time about five years ago, six years maybe I'm going to say it's even longer than that. I felt one day when I was reading my Bible, spend the next few months every day reading the Sermon on the Mount. It was just a simple directive. You know what I did for the next several months? Every day, almost every day, I read Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Why? God was building something in me. I didn't know why it started. I realized some things later. Directive. There are, there are things in my life that God has convicted me of. You know what that is? Directive. You, you know how Margo and I ended up at this church? Directive and obeying. There have been people in my life that have crossed my path. God said, connect with that person. Directive. Go to relationship. I mean, I, I could tell you things all day long, but it's about catching your cues. And my life has been shaped and formed and changed by listening to the directive of the Holy Spirit and obeying. In other words, it takes faith. That you trust him when he gives the directive that he is who he is and knows what he's talking about, and he's working for your good, and that's part of it, right? So you trust, and then it's time stepping out, not knowing what you're stepping into. So, so I'll give you an example. So Margaret and I come in this church. I had no idea what was going to happen to this place. For all, I, for all I know, that church could have died two weeks later. I don't know. We just, we just took a step of faith. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's see what happens. It was a step of faith. But it was a directive for our lives. You see that? It always takes faith. When, when he says, come out of this into this, you can say, okay, I hear you saying that, but that's hard. Yeah, yeah it may be. It takes faith. But he's going to be with you when it happens because he is the one that's orchestrating the entire thing. But it takes you start to take some steps. So again, it's okay today, despite your past, to dream and to hope and to plan and to know there's a future in front of you, but don't say that unless you're willing to listen to the directive and take some action. Or else it's just sitting in front of you with no walking into it. The Bible's full of this kind of stuff. You, you read from the front to the end, it's full of people that listened to God and did what God said and changed their life. Amen? That's part of what God called each of you to be. To live in the fullness of life. Not just salvation, but now what does life mean because I'm saved? And that's following Jesus. Amen? Okay. So, here's what's going to happen. You hear a message like this, a couple things may happen. First, you may know in your heart right now, yep, I had that directive, and yep, I've been putting it on the back burner. Yep, I haven't done nothing about it. Guess what? Time to start moving, whatever it is. You may say, I don't have anything like that. Okay, don't make it up. But when the Holy Spirit speaks, you'll know, and you'll know what to do. Amen? Let's, let's be people who follow after him, Right? In all the things that God has, he's going to stretch you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to lead you and turn you into something that he intends you to be. Amen? All right. Let's pray. See what happens when you sing that song? You get rained on. Amen. Lord, we're a people after you. Yes, we believe our past is behind. Yes, we believe there's a future in front of us. Lord, now help us, direct us, lead us, guide us. And whatever area of our life is that these steps are that you're leading us in, I pray that your voice is very clear to us and we discern it's you. And then we have the courage of faith to step out, to do what. You're asking us, knowing that you're just going to help us do it. 
maybe a process, maybe some things involved, but Lord, you are going to help us. And I thank you for that. Where people called, people lived, people purposed, people designed, people live in life guided by you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, it's good to see you tonight, Sunday morning. We're continuing our series. Bring somebody out on Sunday. It's good to have you. If you need prayer tonight, come on down. If not, we'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed as you go this week. And stay afloat in your boat.